I've seen the future. It's... This is Rich English. Welcome to the Rich English Podcast. Welcome back if you've been here before. Welcome if it's your first time listening. I'm Richard and uh, I want to tell you about a dream I had. No, 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 don't, don't go away. It's not, it's not that boring. I know when somebody tells you they want to tell you about their dream, you think inside your head, don't you? Oh God, no, please no, don't tell me about your dream. Nobody cares about other people's dreams, do they? <laughs> they care about their own dreams. But this one, I have to tell you, I woke up having seen the future. Really, Richard? Yes, really. Um, how long ago is this? I don't know. Quite a few years ago, I was working with a tech company who were designing uh, mobile games um, uh, for you know, games for mobile phones, and it reinvigorated my interest in technology because up to that point, uh, I had decided that I wanted to really get back down to earth to stop using um, as much technology as I could, uh, I wanted to get back to the land, um, uh, use my hands to work in the garden. Um, I decided to buy the most basic phone I could find, which cost about the equivalent of 20 English pounds. Um, and literally all it would do was make phone calls and I could text. And I could listen to music if I downloaded songs onto it, uh, but it had no camera. Um, it wasn't in any way a smartphone. Although at the time, smartphones weren't really yet a thing. Blackberries existed. Um, I, I had formerly had a flip phone, which could access the internet. Um, but it wasn't touchscreen, it wasn't anything like the iPhone or the Samsung phones that were to come. Anyway, I digress. So I started working with this tech company, and um, I, I'll say again, I, it reinvigorated my interest in technology because they wanted me to research for them uh, things that were happening in the startup tech world, um, and then talk to them about it in English, which, of course, uh, I soon uh, found was interesting to me, too. Um, I also uh, realised that I, I love talking about the retro world of computers and computer games, although I was never a big gamer and have never been a big computer gamer. I did play a few computer games um, but always on friends' consoles or computers. Again, I digress. So I woke up from this dream and um, I was able to connect 
an idea that I'd had when I first became involved with this tech company because at that time I realized or rather found out that a lot of technology that we might think about as being futuristic is already in development phase. Um, things like at the time it was uh, folding screens um, so you could, I've seen a friend of mine has a phone which will open out to be double the size of the actual phone because the screen will fold. Um, um, I'm not sure how far um, holographic images have got but around this time I started to think the next generation of phones will project a holographic image in front of you. That was an idea I had years ago um, and uh, I th was thinking okay we've got these smart glasses probably people will start to wear smart glasses or even contact lenses which show an augmented reality different from a virtual reality where you see everything completely uh, computer generated but an augmented reality where you see things which are placed into the real world through the glasses uh, Pokemon Go I think I, although I've never played it I believe Pokemon Go uh, you're able to find monsters that live in real places when you point your phone camera at it and look at the screen so I imagine um, we will in the not too distant future have glasses with augmented reality where we are able to walk down a street and um, if we're looking for a cafe to go to because we're a bit thirsty and fancy a coffee uh, we would be able to say find a cafe and the uh, glasses would show signage on buildings um, of cafes and only cafes. Uh, a point I've, I, I've missed out here is that I think in, in the future we won't need signage on actual shops because everybody will be wearing these contact lenses or glasses so it will clean up the high street as it were. There'll be less advertising and uh, in the real world everything will be through augmented reality. So this idea I had in mind many years ago um, when I was working with this tech company, the dream that I had then connected it to some uh, something which has um, become prominent in the last few years, which is um, Mr. Zuckerberg's idea of the metaverse. If you don't know what the metaverse is or you haven't heard about it, um, then you can Google it because you'll find out a lot better from Google than I can tell you. But as I understand it, um, it will be connecting web spaces and gaming spaces together so that 
you're able, for example, to visit a shop in the middle of a game. <laughs> this is about as about as uh, well as I understand it. Now, if we take VR into account, virtual reality, if I have a virtual reality console or machine, I might be uh, playing a game um, and I decide that um, I want to go shopping. So instead of taking off the VR glasses and then logging into my computer or actually going into the real world to a real bricks and mortar shop, um, I would simply travel in with the VR glasses on to the place I want to go shopping. Uh, and I would be able to virtually go into that shop and choose something. Um, the, the, the next step that I kind of made or that came to me, I think, through this dream was that we would be able to meet each other virtually in this metaverse because I will have an avatar, although I will be looking at this metaverse from my point of view, I'll be able to see you if you're also in the same shop. Um, of course, uh, that, <laughs> as I'm thinking on my feet now, might prove problematic um, if there are 1,000 people in a very small shop. Um, but I'm not sure how that's going to work. That's for other people to figure out. <laughs> I'm just trying to uh, get across this idea that um, I think we will spend more time with accessories such as contact lenses, augmented reality glasses and virtual reality uh, headsets when we're at home. Um, and it might lead to people who tend to never leave home um, a little bit like uh, perhaps like the people in um, uh, Inception. Uh, if you've seen the uh, opium dens in the film Inception where people are just going and they, they literally live in their dreams the whole time. I'm not suggesting this is a healthy form of the future by any stretch of the imagination. This uh, idea then reminded me of a film from the 1980s starring Arnold Schwarzenegger called Total Recall, where something like this idea um, is the basis of the film that uh, people are sitting in some kind of chair with a virtual reality headset um, and with sensors on them so that they can feel and sense their environment as well as just see it and hear it through the headset. I don't remember too much about the film. Um, I'll probably uh, watch that again uh, uh, over the next week or two. So Total Recall is an example of where art, in this case film, has predicted the future. And of course, it's not the only example of when that's happened. Um, I remember my father talking to me about uh, one of his favorite authors, Frank Herbert, uh, who uh, wrote Dune and the Dune series of books. I think my father read about seven of them. 
um, which is not uh, an exhaustive list. I think there are even more than that. Um, another author he liked was Arthur C. Clarke. Um, I won't go into the details on those two guys uh, because there would be many, many hours of, of uh, talk about the ideas that they came up with, uh, which have come to fruition uh, in reality. Uh, but uh, one thing I wanted to mention was cartoons that I watched as a child, particularly one called uh, The Masters of the Universe or He-Man and She-Ra. And um, they kind of, in, in my eyes, predicted uh, the Internet and Google Earth and um, uh, Google Street View um, because there was this character, this evil character called Skeletor, who was the, the bad guy who uh, He-Man and She-Ra and their friends had to uh, fight against and uh, battle with every week. Um, but Skeletor and his henchmen, his sidekicks, the guys who did his evil bidding for him, they would often sit in some kind of control room, just like a, a security guard um, uh, for um, a, a large building where they have many cameras, um, or maybe a police security system with, with a number of TV screens in front of them. Um, the thing was that the evil Skeletor and his henchmen were able to see what the good guys were up to, yet nobody, or it was never mentioned in the film where these cameras were within the, uh, within the environment, the real environment that these, that these characters were in. So it, at the time, I never thought about it, but years later, I, I kind of thought, how, how do they know where they are that they would put a camera there to watch them when they're in the middle of, I don't know, some jungle. Um, so uh, I wonder if it's, uh, if it's in any way connected to the idea that now we can go onto Google Earth or, or Google Street View and we can literally look at anything um, and see what is what, where things are, um, and uh, and also even how it's changed uh, through time because of uh, Google Street View has um, has its different uh, views from different years. Anyway, I'm really starting to ramble now, so I'll move on. I spoke earlier about the film Total Recall, um, and that leads me on to uh, the subject of active recall, which is something that can help you to remember your vocabulary better. If you know me personally, then um, I might have told you about it or en even encouraged you uh, to practice active recall. Active recall, or also called free recall, is that thing you do when you're trying to remember something. And you're activating the, the part of your brain which, if you think of it like a muscle, you know, you go to the gym, you work out with weights, you get stronger. The more you use this part of your brain for trying to remember things, uh, the easier it will become. 
and the quicker you'll remember the particular thing you're trying to remember. So um, for us as language learners, for you as English learners, it's trying to remember the new vocabulary that you've learned by encoding it, um, memorising it in some way. Um, you want to try and actively recall it, to free recall it, to spend time without looking at your notes um, to try and remember that word. And as I say, the, the more you practice this, the, the quicker the word will come back to you. Um, so yeah, it's just a, a, a quick little idea I wanted to give you uh, on active recall. Um, and um, yeah, hopefully it's something you maybe already do practice. And if you don't, give it a try because it will definitely help you improve your uh, vocabulary quickly. Anyway, that's all for today. Uh, so I shall bid you farewell. And um, if you're still listening, I may, may well have turned everybody off by telling them my dreams. <laughs> I hope not. Anyway, I'll be back next week with something else. As always, feel free to leave me a comment below. Thank you to uh, both Eva and Marketa for your recent uh, comments. Um, yeah, uh, if you want to leave me a comment, you can go to richardhill.cz forward slash rich English podcast and you can leave uh, a message there. Remember to follow, like, subscribe and tell your friends. I'll see you next week. Bye bye.